all in on the things and, and, you know, attaching, creating goals and creating things that are more important than you finding something that's bigger, bigger than your excuses. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Creators. Today, we're sitting down with Anthony Delgado to talk about his business, Disrupt, and how he has been able to connect with some very high-level influencers and really transform his way of thinking. So Anthony is on a mission to actually turn Puerto Rico into the next Silicon Valley, okay? He was really inspired after he went down there after a huge national disaster, was able to provide some support, but wanted to do even more. So he's on this mission to, to really provide the infrastructure to the people of Puerto Rico to, to allow them to create lives where they are able to make significantly more money and, and create a lifestyle for themselves that is going to allow them to to really, really take life to the next level. So I was super stoked to sit down and talk with him today. He drops a ridiculous amount of value when it comes to building your network. And he talks about how he was actually almost sent to prison for five years because of a drug offense. Okay, so you definitely don't want to miss that. Anthony's story is ridiculous. It's so valuable. I learned so much from this conversation. So I want you guys to sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money. All right, Anthony, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm doing amazing. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. So Anthony, in the intro, our listeners got to hear a little bit about you and what you're currently doing right now. But for those of them that aren't familiar with what you and what you're up to at Disrupt, could you give us a quick intro as to like what you're currently doing, maybe like 60 to 90 seconds? Definitely. So my name is Anthony Delgado. I've been a software developer, serial entrepreneur, online marketer for the last 10 plus years. And when Hurricane Maria struck the island of Puerto Rico, I came across a problem that was bigger than myself. You know, it was one of the biggest blackouts in American history. And me and a buddy of mine, we sent some water over in the first few days. And then we saw the water wasn't getting where it needs to go. So we went down to Puerto Rico. We gave away 300 solar panel lights, food, water, and supplies. And, you know, we were giving each family like one case of water. And one case of water is enough water for maybe a week. And that's when I realized that I want to give people water for the rest of their lives. And how do we do that? Through technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship. So we're on a mission to uh, help the 3.5 million people that live in Puerto Rico realize that they can leverage the power of the digital economy to create financial freedom for themselves. So, and, uh, and to help them realize that all they need to succeed is Wi-Fi and internet. That's huge, man. That's huge. I'm so, I'm so stoked to dive into this because I mean, you're on a, you're on a massive mission right now and I'm, I'm so behind literally like everything that you're doing. So um, one place I like to start though is, is take us back to like middle school, high school years. Like what were you doing at a young age? Were you somebody who was getting into entrepreneurship? Were you very into sports? Were you into school? Like what did that, what did that time period look like for you? Oh, I was not into school, dude. Um, I went to 12 different schools by the time I graduated 12th grade. Wow. So I had like a one for one kind of relationship. So some schools I might've been there for two years, but, and some of that is like transitioning from a middle school to a high school. But, uh, but I definitely did a lot of bouncing around a lot of moving around. Um, I was always into entrepreneurship. There was that, that biggie small song, uh, sewing tigers on my shirts and alligators. And I was like, that's a great idea. And I, and I had like an iron, iron on it and ironing on shirts. I was making t-shirts when I was like in second grade, I used to throw parties, uh, and, and charge people to get into the parties when I was in, in uh, grade school and, uh, lemonade stand, selling baseball cards, selling basketball cards, selling candy. I mean, you name it. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I had a, a car wash. So fifth grade, 
they did a car wash at the school and they did it for one day to raise money for like some something in the school. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, great, we're going to do this tomorrow. I'm like, no, no, it's done. It's one day. Thing. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Not for me. I did it the whole summer and uh, put a football jersey on and went in front of the car wash, the real car wash, with like a signed $1 car wash. And, uh, you know, people feel bad giving 10, 20 bucks or whatever. But no, entrepreneurship was always really like in my DNA. And you know, that kind of transformed into, into um, being a street pharmacist when I was like in high school, right? So I started like selling pot and, uh, and, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, whether or not they want to admit it a lot, a lot, a lot of people have like sold pot in high school and shit like that. Oh yeah. And then I kind of realized that there was a bad investment. Um, <laughs> it was just like, it was like a business decision. It's like my ROI like on this doesn't make sense. And, you know, I, I could make a lot higher margins on like T-shirts and, and all mm-hmm. the other stuff I'm selling, CDs. CDs was huge because the CD cost me 10 cents. And, you know, back then you could sell those things for five, 10 bucks. Um, so, so the market was really huge. And, um, and yeah, and then that's how I broke into eBay and Amazon. So when I was like 17, 18, got my first Amazon account, first eBay account. And I started selling those same CDs that I was selling like to people that I knew mm-hmm. I was selling them online. I started making $3,000 a day. Wow. And, and literally like almost overnight, um, we were able to scale up really quick. And that's when I knew that like the power of online was, was where it's at. Absolutely. So throughout that, that time period, what was, what was drawing you to entrepreneurship? Like what was bringing you there? Was it, was it the money? Was it like working on a new project? What was, what was the draw to, to entrepreneurship for you? I don't really know. I mean, I guess some of it was the money for sure. My mother always instilled like a work ethic in me. So like I would want to buy something. I would want to buy a toy or I want, hey, I want the new, you know, Power Rangers, whatever. And she'd be like, okay, I'll give you the $10, whatever that you want. If you mow the lawn, mm-hmm. I will give you this if you do that. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that, that from a young age, she, she instilled that in me. And then I was always really bad, but I was always really smart. So hmm. part of it was kind of like proving, I was always trying to prove myself, prove myself, prove myself. So like, um, I remember like I learned how much my teachers were making. And I remember in my mind, I was like, okay, teachers are making 30,000. So like, if I can make 30,000, then I'm like better than these teachers. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that was like in my head is just like, how can I always, uh, you know, prove myself? How can I always, um, you know, uh, beat the system, hack the system? Hmm. I was always like trying to tweak things. So like, $20 an hour was like a good job. So I was like, okay, well, if I can go out and I can sell sneakers and I can make more than $20 in an hour, well, then I'm winning at life. And it was always me trying to hack, trying mm. to hack, trying to hack. Um, I also found out about like the Federal Reserve banking system and like what money really is and how money is like not really a thing. It's just like something that we made up. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, I went through like a dark place where I kind of resented our financial system and I resented capitalism and stuff like that. Mm. And it was just like, I'm not going to get stuck in this rat race. Like they've created this system of slavery, corporate slavery, whatever. And like, I'm not going to get trapped. So it's like the nine to five isn't for me. And, um, and, but then simultaneously, I actually did go to college. So I was like, the nine to five isn't to me. But again, I went to college to like prove other people wrong. Like they were constantly kicking me out of school, tell me I wasn't smart enough. Da, da, da. I used to test out of the math class. I used to go in the first day of math, give me the final. And I would take the final on the first day of math and <laughs> test out of it. So like, it was always me like constantly trying to prove myself. And I, I went to college, but then college wasn't for me. I ended up getting kicked out in the first year. And I remember there was a song that was on the radio at the time. It was Cameron. 
and he said, uh, you know, I'm going to go to college and get out and be $100,000 in debt, make $30,000 a year. And he said, how am I supposed to go to Miami and drive fa fancy cars and like, you know, live my best life doing that dumb shit. And I remember that song that came out at the same time where I was like getting kicked out of college. And I was just like, you know what, like this doesn't make sense. And I'm just gonna, you know, continue to like follow my dreams and, and uh, create my own, create my own destiny. Awesome. So throughout that time in college, were you still like doing your entrepreneurial hustle, still selling stuff online? So, you know, I had a lot of ups and downs and a lot of it was due to like my social circle. Okay. Um, I was going to like frat parties, getting wasted, you know, chilling with girls, chilling with the wrong crowd, mm -hmm. chilling with who I thought was the right crowd, but probably wasn't. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those things distracted me. So I was always hustling, but it was always like not as focused as like, obviously as I am now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I was always hustling. In in college, I actually, uh, they would give us refund checks. So they would like send you back and then they would give you this this stipend and they're like, okay, well, here's the money that's left over. Like you're going to be in massive debt. Here's like some extra money that's like left over and here's a check. Mm -hmm. So I used to take that money and then um, I would go to the wholesale fashion district in New York and I started out just buying clothes for myself. Um, I was buying sneakers, like shirts and jeans, whatever. And then I realized that, like, I was getting the stuff for such a good price that I could start selling online. And then that's how I started selling, like, clothes and sneakers. And I got kicked out of college, but I kept doing that. Um, and then I eventually ended up opening up my own store. And, again, it was, like, proving something. Like, hey, look, I have a store, you know? Yeah. And this was before, like, the internet was, like, there, but it wasn't as big as it is now. Sure. Um, and I had, like, a store. And then that was me, like, proving something. And then... Um, uh, I had a bunch of, like, crazy things that happened in the store. Um, I had, like, gang members come into the store and, like, try to take it over. And it was like, yeah, we're going to be your partners. Like, no, you're not. You're not going to be my partners. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know, and a lot of my friends, I mean, these were my friends. These were kids that I went to high school with. Like, I never joined the gang or anything, but I was always really close to, like, um, Bloods and Crips and Latin Kings and Yetas and all these freaking crazy dudes and these were kids like some of my friends were crips and some of them were bloods and some of them were this and that and like they're freaking killing each other you know and and meanwhile these were like my friends at the time you know um one of my friends is actually doing uh 18 years in jail because he killed another friend of mine you know and they were in two different gangs and he just like these were like things that happened and like for me it was normal but like now that i look at it I was like that wasn't normal like this stuff was crazy yeah um and meanwhile i'm running my store and so I had my store. My store was on, on the corner of uh, a street in West New York, of Broadway in West New York. And there was people going around, like my customers, the people that were buying my sneakers, a lot of them were selling drugs. They were doing stuff. And one day this black guy comes into my store and he tries on a pair of sneakers and he's like, hey, I'm new around here. I'm a DJ. Da -da -da. Do you know where I can buy some pop? And I was like, yeah, yeah, let me call one of my one of my friends, whatever. And I give him the guy's number. Da, da, da. And six months later, I get a phone call. I'm sleeping. And it's like, hey, you're under arrest. I said, I'm under arrest. What do you mean? I'm sleeping. Like, oh. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, no, you're under arrest for uh, controlled substance distribution. So long story short, that guy was a cop. And they charged him with conspiracy. So even though I didn't sell any drugs even though all i did was give him somebody's phone number he met up with the guy separately and and the weed laws were a little different this is about 10 years ago mm -hmm. weed laws were a little different but um even though i didn't sell him anything 
they charged me with conspiracy and uh, I like freaked out and I called my lawyer. My lawyer was like, I can't get any details. All, all I know is it's drug conspiracy. I don't even remember this guy. I'm thinking like yeah. they got Pablo Escobar and they're trying to pin it on me. Like I have no idea what they're talking about. And finally I turned myself in. They look at the paperwork and it was literally two dime bags worth of weed. So for two dime bags worth of weed, I got this huge conspiracy charge. It was this big, crazy thing. Um, and that's when I really realized that like, all the stuff that my mom told me, all the stuff that like my guidance got, whoever the fuck was told, like watch who you hang out with, watch what you're doing. Like it really uh, like sunk in that like, I need to be in control of my situation and my surroundings. Yeah. Even though I wasn't doing anything, like I wasn't selling drugs. I had made the decision it was bad business. I can make more money selling t-shirts and, and doing this. So that's when I realized like, okay, I need to watch who the hell I'm hanging out with. It didn't matter that I wasn't selling anything. Mm-hmm. didn't matter that I wasn't really even smoking weed at that time. Just by the friends, the circle that I was keeping, I was getting into all this freaking trouble. There's all this crazy shit that was happening around me. And um, so I really like cut everybody off at that point. I stopped talking to everybody. And I just, um, oh, so here's the good thing that came out of it. So this is a lesson for, for people. Mm-hmm. Bad things will always happen, but it's always up to you how you handle it. Mm. So at this time, I had the cops looking for me. The, or the cops, whatever, mad at me because I turned myself in, I bailed out, so they weren't looking for me for that long. But had the cops mad at me, cops looking for me. I had the fucking all the local drug dealers mad at me because yeah. now they don't fucking know if I'm the one that sent this guy. Like nobody really knew what had happened. They locked up fifty people in the whole wow. neighborhood. This guy was just walking around for six months. Hey, where can I get this? Hey, where can I get that? For six fucking months, this guy was walking around. Wow. And every single person that talked to him literally got arrested. It's crazy. It came out in the newspaper and everything. So they don't freaking know if, like, it's my fault, right? So I have all these gangbangers mad at me. Um, you know, and some of them were not mad at me. A lot of them were my friends and they were cool. But it was, like, all this fucking drama happening. And, and then my store gets burglarized. I come back to my store one day and nothing's there. And I'm just like, oh, man. And, and I know I had, like, kind of an idea who it was, even though I couldn't prove it. And it was just all this bad stuff kept happening. Then like uh like a couple couple weeks later, they they come into the store. Now it's my fault. I'm in the store really late. I was in the store like almost at midnight, and they come in the store at midnight, and then they they try to jump me, like while I'm in the store, all this stuff, and and like all this crazy stuff is happening, and luckily like nothing really happened to me. Like the one dude like whatever tried to do some shit, and nothing really happened. But the point of the matter was all this crazy shit's happening. Yeah, and I didn't close the store. A lot of people were like, "Yo, just close the store." So my crazy ass, I fucking put the business up for sale, and I fucking sold the business in like <laughs> record time. I fucking sold the business to some freaking, um, some Jewish kid from Long Island, and he paid me like I forgot what it was, maybe twenty thousand dollars. I don't know something. It like wasn't a lot, but it was like a lot at the time, and and I fucking turned lemons into lemonade. It was like, it was crazy. And I did it in like, in like no amount of time. And so I sold the store and then I started selling everything online. And I kind of knew like, that's sort of where I should have been anyway. Mm. Um, and I even asked the kid, I was like, why did you buy the store? Like, I don't understand. Like there was only a few thousand dollars worth of merchandise. You paid multiple X of the, just the sneakers or like whatever was in the store. If you add it up, mm. he's paying a multiple. And I was like, why? He's like, well, the brand and the website. So I, I included the website of the thing. And he's like, I looked at the website. It looked really nice. Da, da, da. I was like, mm, so that's where the real money was. Mm. So 
I took all the money from that and I started my first startup and it was like a competitor to eBay. Um, it was kind of a mixture between like eBay and Amazon and maybe like Shopify. Hmm. Um, so it was more like Amazon where it was like a marketplace. People could list their items. Um, but then you could also create your own store. Um, so I started this in 2008 and took the money from it, invested in it, slowly started learning to code. Um, I had coded a little bit as a kid, but I was learning to code more. Um, and I really like caught everybody off at that point. I was only speaking to a few strategic people, you know, even people that I was really cool with. I was just like, if they were like still in that street life, it's just like, I really had to limit my contact with them because it was like what I'm trying to create, where I'm trying to go and what my past is, they're different. They're just, yeah. they're just too different. And I knew that I had to just change my, my surroundings, change my environment. And so for a long time, I was just alone. It was just me coding, working on my app, um, doing what I had to do. Um, and then meanwhile, I'm learning to code and I'm still going to trial for this case because this case isn't over. And going to court, going to court, and they're like, um, you know, we're going to give you five years in jail. And I'm like, wow. I don't understand how I'm getting five years in jail for one dime. Like, I don't understand. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the thing is, like, Obama admits in his book, hey, I smoked joints in college. President Bush admitted that he did cocaine in college. Uh, Bill Clinton admitted that he, he smoked weed. He said he didn't inhale, supposedly. <laughs> right? But, like, it's so mainstream and at that point they really i think the only state that was legal was california mm -hmm. but like they weren't doing this mass legalization stuff that they were doing and i was i guess ahead of my time a little bit because like i had even wrote papers in high school why we should be legal and all this all this stuff um but the thing that i learned one of the biggest things that i learned is that it wasn't so it doesn't matter how you think things should be you have to react based on how they actually are. So I like, I was so hard-headed. I didn't get a license. I used to drive around with no license. And I would get tickets. I would get around. They would take my car. All this stuff used to happen to me because I believed that the government shouldn't regulate people from driving based on driver's license. I actually still believe that. But that's not where I live. I live in America and I need a fucking driver's license. And that's just it. So it's like, I believe that weed should be legal. But that still doesn't mean that I can just associate or just operate as if it's legal because the rules of the game are X. If you want weed to be legal, you can move to California. Now you can move to Colorado or you can move to Amsterdam. You, there's places where you can go and you can start a marijuana business and it could be legal. But you have to play based on the way the rules are today, not based on how you want them to be. And it took me a lot of, a lot of pain, a lot of struggle, a lot of hardship just to realize that I have to play by the by the rules of the game that are there, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So bouncing back to when you were talking about how you sort of cut everyone off, um, talk to our listeners now, maybe like the 16, 17, 18-year-old out there who, who might be realizing like the people they're surrounding themselves with aren't the type of people that are going to help them achieve their goals, that aren't the type of people that are going to help them get to the places they're looking to get to, whether that's entrepreneurship, starting some kind of project, doing whatever they want to pursue. What would you tell that person as to like how can they begin to audit their circle? How can they begin to start making changes to, to help better themselves and help move themselves towards the place where they want to get to? 
So, so that was 10 years ago mm -hmm. when I first started making that shift. Today, I'm so blessed that my friends are amazing people. Uh, you know, most of them are millionaires. Some of them are billionaires. They're all way more successful than me. And there's a quote. Um, one of my friends, he, he has a multi-billion dollar uh, medical company. And he just moved his company down to Puerto Rico. And he told me this quote. He said, if, if your friends are five idiots, you'll be the sixth one. If your friends are five millionaires, you'll be the sixth one, you know? So it's like, you really need to be intentional with the people you surround yourself with. Um, you know, so many people, when you're in kindergarten, you don't choose the people that you're friends with. Mm -hmm. They stick you in a room and it's completely out of your control. And who's ever there, that's your friends. If you're still friends with the same people from kindergarten, and sure, we all have that one person, you know, our ride or die with that one friend. Mm -hmm. But regardless, if that person is not serving you, if these people are not serving you, like change your friends. Like it, it's, you, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't write the same way you did when you were a kid. You don't walk the same way. You don't do any of the other same things. So the fact that you have your same friends from when you were in, uh, in kindergarten or in grade school, it's just silly. And like, you didn't choose those friends. So yeah. now that you're an adult, you get to choose. You get to choose your friends. You get to choose who you associate yourself with. And, and one of the biggest things that I've learned is really being comfortable with being alone. It's a huge thing. And even me, I struggle with it because I am social. I do like to associate with people. But, like, you have to get comfortable with being alone, with getting your value from yourself, with getting your center and your knowledge from yourself, getting your validation from yourself. So many people, myself included, we look for others to validate our ideas, our aspiration. And when you operate like that, you're going to be in such a bad position um, because you're you're going to be limited by the people you're around, even if the people you're around are amazing. So we host events in Puerto Rico. It's part of my mission with Disrupt. I have this mm -hmm. whole mission um, to use these events to transform the island. And financially, we do sell tickets, but we spend a lot of money, and these events just haven't been profitable. Mm -hmm. They're not financially profitable. By sure. the time that we you know, spend money on the event, spend money on all the things that are necessary to pull these things off, you know, staff, plane tickets, uh, lodge, all these things, all these expenses. We break even on the events. A lot of times we lose money. I pull money out of my own pocket to, to make them happen. And so I have an advisor of mine who I really respect. And she told me, Hey, I don't think you should throw events anymore. And I was like, okay, well, that's nice. And then we kept talking and I said something about events uh, again. And she was like, you just said you weren't going to throw any more events. And I said, no, you said I'm not going to throw any more <laughs> I'm going to keep throwing events because I have a mission. So it's like even some, and I really respect her. She's an angel investor. So she's made, you know, um, multiple millions of dollars in her career, like really successful person who I do go to for guidance all the time. But mm -hmm. like, you still have to get your vision from inside. You have to have your own internal compass. And I feel like, especially when you're young, you're looking for everyone's validation. Um, and a lot of times we're looking for validation for people that have never done what we're trying to do, right? So like you can't get it. If your mom isn't a millionaire, you can't get advice from your mom on how to be a millionaire. You can't. She can't provide that information for you. You know, um, and, and you know, if your friends have never started a Shopify store, you can't really get their feedback. 
on how to run your Shopify store. You know, if, if your friend, even if it's your millionaire friend, has never thrown a massive scale event or never started a, a huge movement, you can't get their advice on doing that activity. Um, so, and you can't get their advice on other things, you know? So if like your mom is a really dope, uh, you know, really dope, uh, I don't know. I'm trying not to say something that's offensive, but I feel like anything I say will be offensive. But <laughs> if your mom, if your mom's really, really good at, at Amazon, well, my mom actually is. My mom has ran, um, a six figure Amazon business, uh, for the past 10 years. So when I want advice on Amazon, I do ask my mom about that. Hey, you know, what, what's the, the ins and outs of FBA? And I will ask her advice on those things, but there's other things that I won't ask. My mom never bought real estate. So I'm not going to ask her advice on real estate because that's not what she specializes in, you know? So really being careful about who you get your advice from and then being intentional about what comes into your mind. We're very impressionable. We're very, very, very impressionable. And the smarter you are, what I found is the more impressionable you are because you're learning, but you could be learning from the wrong people. So it's like, if, if you're, that's why I stopped listening to hip hop music because mm -hmm. if you're just listening to hip hop music all the time, they're just saying like drugs and money and, and girls and drugs and money and girls and drugs and money and girls. And it's like, okay, well that's not, <laughs> that's not going to serve you. You're programming your brain with the wrong stuff. So, you know, really be intentional about who your friends are, what activities you're doing, what music you're listening to, what podcast you're listening to. That's why what you're doing is so important because you're giving people an addition, uh, an alternative media that they can consume instead of consuming, um, instead of consuming music videos or instead of consuming memes on, on Instagram, right? You're giving them something positive that they can consume. That's going to help level them up. Exactly. Exactly. So one thing that I'm really fascinated by and something that I'm trying to develop right now is sort of that idea of being alone and being comfortable being alone and being, being able to really learn a lot from yourself. So when you were talking about like being able to distance yourself from everyone and sort of develop your, your sense of solidarity, were you like, like how would, how would a listener, how would a 20 year old listener go about developing that themselves? That isn't super comfortable. Maybe they, they don't feel comfortable being alone. They don't feel comfortable just like sitting in a, in a, in a room and like staring at the wall by themselves for like 15 minutes. Like how would you advise them to start getting comfortable being alone and getting comfortable like with their own thoughts and like chilling out in their own head for a little bit? Well, one thing that I think I've found and some of it has been through force and some of it has been through, uh, being intentional is finding things that are bigger than myself. And even bigger than that, like finding things that like I would almost die for finding these things that are just so important to me that, you know, this is do or die and I'm not going to stop until I accomplish it. So when I, when I sold the store, well, when I was running the store, it was the store. So the store had a rent of $900. And so that was $30 a day for the rent. Mm -hmm. So every day I would wake up. And the most important thing was that the store made $30 or more so that the store would stay running. And I did that and I did that and I did that. And I was able to amass um, a lot of revenue by just following that model. I'd wake up every day. I would have flyers, like whatever. Go out and throw. If the store was empty. I'd go and throw out flyers. And... Every day I was focused on that. Then when I left the store, I um, had my, my e-commerce and my online and I started learning to code. And that was the most important thing. Um, and then I 
went on the I went on the run. They were gonna send me to jail, and I was like, sure. And then I didn't show up, and I moved to New York City. And then the most important thing to me was again paying my rent, staying out of jail, <laughs> being free, uh, and then going to the gym. And I started going to the gym. I got into the best shape of my life. But it was like at all these different points in my life, it was like this is the thing that I have to do in my life. And now it's it's what I'm doing in Puerto Rico. Um, I wrote an article in Forbes and the article is by mama moving to Puerto Rico and here's why. And I wrote that article before I moved to Puerto Rico because I knew once this article gets published, I better be in fucking Puerto Rico. I'm going to look stupid. You know, the whole world is going to look at me like, what's weird? Are you still in Jersey? What's going on? <laughs> so I, and then I moved down there and I took a one way ticket and like, I just had to figure it out. So it's like, um, the expression is called burn the ships. Um, there's a war taking place. Um, they're, they're trying to take over an Island and the guys are fighting on the coastline and the general burns the ships behind them. So while they're fighting, they look back and there's no turning back. There's no retreat. So you have to put yourself in those positions where whatever you're doing is so important and that there's no turning back. So if it's a business, like that's why, um, affirmations and public affirmations are so important because when you go to the world and you're like, I'm starting a business Instagram, even if you only have a hundred followers, those hundred followers are your friends. They're people that know you. So now you don't want to turn back and say, Oh wow, I'm, I didn't really start the business, you know? So really like going all in on the things and, and, you know, attaching, creating goals and creating things that are more important than you finding something that's bigger, bigger than your excuses. Right. Um, and then like back to kind of being alone. Cause I, I think we, uh, I kind of veered off of it, but that's, those are, that's how I find value of being alone. Like mm -hmm. when I go to the gym, it's like, I prioritize that thing over all the other social interactions. So like when I was going to the gym, people would hit me up. They would say, Hey, let's go to the club. Let's go here. Let's go there. And what I would do is I would tell them, yeah, I'll do that after I go to the gym for one hour because I had prioritized going to the gym as the most important thing in my life. So finding things that are really important and prioritizing. And then I think another great thing is what you're doing is like podcasts. Like you can consume content. And like, I almost feel like I have relationships with a lot of people that I listen to on podcasts and blah, 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 because I listen to them all the freaking time. And you know, so if you can't get into a room where you change your friends instantly, you can change them by just changing what you listen to, um, change what you consume, um, you know, and, and again, like trying to find your value from inside, stop trying to seek validation from others and start investing in yourself, start building, um, building value from within. 100%. So how do you personally go about finding those things that are bigger than yourself to pursue? Because say, say we've got a 16 year old listener here who wants to make a change in the world. But they don't exactly know what they want to do. They don't know what the impact they want to make is, but they know they want to do something. So how, how do you personally? You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Somebody called, but I just denied it. <laughs> no worries. So how do you personally go about establishing your goals? How did you land on the goal of like, Puerto Rico and like getting those people to, to a place where, where they can support themselves and, and really create incomes for themselves. Like how do you go about that process? So there's two types of people in this world. 
there's the type of people that walk past problems. They walk past um, things that they think could be better. And they say somebody should do something about that. Like, oh, wow, somebody should do something about that. Uh, oh, it's homeless. Somebody should help him, right? And then there's other people who say, me. I'm going to be the change that I want to see in the universe. Um, and so what I what I implore your listeners to do is to be that second person. Be the person that takes it amongst themselves to look at the injustices in the world um, and be the person, be the change that they want to see in the universe. Um, so many, so many people, you know, they live their lives waiting for others um, and waiting for others' approval waiting for the universe to, you know, hand them something, waiting for the universe to fix something, waiting for the president, the politicians, my teacher, my principal, this should be like this. But like every single time that you have a complaint about the way the world is, just know that you could be the person to change it, you know, um, and what that is for you. So I, I've been telling people the first year, um, I've been telling people to move to Puerto Rico. And very recently, I started changing my message to move to Puerto Rico or whatever Puerto Rico is for you, right? So for me, in this stage of my life, it's Puerto Rico. But six months down the line, or a year down the line, or five years down the line, it may be something new. Um, but taking the opportunities in your life when you see something that is wrong and standing up for it, disrupting. It's funny. My mom had said when I, when I told her about this company, um, she was like, yeah, you were really disruptive in class. Um, right. But the thing was, I was always raising my hand and saying, Hey, no teacher. Hey, this is wrong. Hey, no, we can change this. Hey, we should start a student radio station. Hey, we should do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So like, even though, like, I never got left back in school. I was getting kicked out. I was getting in trouble, but I never got left back because I was always, my disruption was always for uh, a positive. I was always trying to interpret injustices and, and disrupt them. Like, okay, man, something's wrong here. I'm going to have the courage to actually um, say something. I'm going to have the courage to actually stand up for, um, for what I believe is right. And so, I mean, kids out there that are, that are 16, 17, I mean, first and foremost, there's no right way to do things. And, and I feel like a lot of times people feel like, oh, I don't know the right way. Um, or, you know, how can I make an impact? And it's like, you can make an impact literally by just posting an Instagram story about it. Um, like we don't, we live in a world, digital world that's so connected where your impact can have ripple effects. Uh, recently for Thanksgiving, I saw an Instagram story of some people that were just handing out turkeys on the side of the road. And I don't even know where the hell they were. They were Ohio. I have no idea where they were. And I just commented. I was like, that's really cool. And they were like, yeah, well, you can do it too. You can just do this in your city. It's like, yeah, you're right. And then I just called um, some friends of mine that were in town from Puerto Rico. We were doing an event in Puerto Rico that time. Just so happened. And I was like, we should do this. It's Thanksgiving. Like, let's just do it. And within like 24 hours, we went, we bought a bunch of turkeys, got a bunch of donations, gave out turkeys all around the neighborhood. And then we made a video and we posted our video. 
you know? And it was just like that ripple effect, like super random. It wasn't really planned. We went to Walmart. Walmart had a rule. We couldn't even buy the turkeys. That's the funny part. Went to Walmart. They would only let us buy five turkeys at a time. Like, we wanted to buy like a hundred. And they were like, we, well, you can only buy five at a time, but we'll give you these gift cards. And then the people can come in with the gift card and they can get their turkey. So that's what we ended up doing. We went, we gave out a few physical turkeys and, and then whatever uh, was left, we gave them all out in gift cards, you know? So, but it's like, there's no, there's no right way to do things. There are just different ways. Um, our slogan at the show is, is we're out here. And it's because I went down to Puerto Rico when the hurricane first happened before I moved out there. Um, and we gave away 300 solar panel lights. I didn't have a, I didn't have a plan. I was just like, we need to do this. And then I called all my friends and I called the people that I know and we all came together and, and then we did it. And then we went out there and everybody was asking me like, what do we do next? And I was like, I, I don't know. We're out here. Like, I didn't even know the Island at that time. So it's like, just doing it here's the here's the here's what i'll leave it on everything works you just have to do it so it's like whatever you want to do everything works whether you, whether you send a text whether you send a tweet whether you send it everything works as long as you do it mm. that's the truth one thing that i want to touch on you with before we hop out of here today is um one thing that that you have identified yourself as is an influencer plug and i just wanted to hear your definition of like what that meant and like what that phrase means to you <laughs> Thanks, man. So, influencer plug. So, before I put influencer plug, I actually had influencing influencers. Hmm. Uh, and basically, here's the thing: a lot of people have a lot of followers. There's like all these booty girls that have like 20 million followers, whatever, and or these meme accounts, funny pages. But if you're not influencing people, like if I was already drinking Coca Cola. And then, like, some a freaking Instagram model takes a picture with a can of Coca-Cola. She's like, oh, hashtag Coke or whatever. Like, uh, like Kylie Jenner is like, oh, okay, like, drink Pepsi or whatever. Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter. Like, you're not influencing anything. Like, people were already drinking Pepsi. Yeah. You didn't fucking change anyone's mind to do anything new. Right? Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, that's not real influence. Um, the, the governor in New York, he has, like, 500 followers. His account's verified. And he has real influence. He'll pick up the fucking phone and, like, it'll, shit will change. So, really, it's about using your influence to create a positive impact on the universe, right? Mm. Like, what are you actually doing with your listeners? What are you actually doing with your followers? What are you actually doing with the influence that you have, even in your local community, right? Um, and as far as being the influencer plug, so that's, that's a new uh, phrase that I turned. So, so, one of the things that we do, we do do consulting. Um, so we do help people uh, build their influence uh, in various different ways, uh, whether that's uh, by podcasting, uh, by doing press, media, news, um, social media, all different types of strategies. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also the plug to a lot of other influencers. So like I have relationships with uh, Gerard Adams, Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone, fucking a lot of different people. Sure. And the thing is, people don't realize that you're one phone call away from a lot of the people that you look up to right so any of your listeners that are that are watching this if you go and follow me and send me a dm and start a relationship with me now you're just two steps away from whoever it is that you might want to admire right and one of the things that i've realized in, in my life is that i 
can very intentionally curate the relationships of people that I admire. Hmm. Right. Um, so one of the ways that I got started before um, Instagram was LinkedIn. Started building a massive following on LinkedIn um, and really connecting with some of the most influential people in the world. Um, the, the CTO of Amazon. He's, he's someone that um, I'm friends with on LinkedIn and, and we have emails back and forth and things of that nature. And like, if you follow him on Instagram, he has 200 followers, but he has more influence than a lot of other people that you might know, you know? Um, and the thing that, that I think people really need to realize is again, anyone that you look up to, they're one DM away. Elon Musk is on Twitter. Like you can DM him and we've never had this opportunity in um, in human kind to be able to do this. So I really think that all of your, your listeners, if you want to be an influencer or if you're looking to, you know, gain a following, think about why are you gaining a following? Are you gaining a following just for vanity metrics, just so that you can feel good about yourself? Or are you gaining a following so that you can actually have a positive impact on the world? And then think about how can I leverage um, the people in my network to create the things that I want to create in the world. The one thing that I always ask people is, okay, you got a million followers. Will, if you rang their doorbell, would they let you stay on the sofa? Would they let you stay the night? Right? Cause it's like, you, do your followers even like you? You know what I mean? The people that are in my network, I'm super grateful. Um, like I can pick up the phone and call these people and like things happen. The world moves. So really being the type of human being that picks up the phone and is able to, to make the world move and, and make change really happen. Mm, that's the truth. And it's all about being intentional. And like people hit me up every single day. They're like, how do I grow my Instagram? How do I grow my podcast? How do I grow my YouTube? And my first question is always like, why? Like, what is your purpose? What are you trying to do? Like, what goal are you trying to achieve? Because if I don't know like what their purpose is, then, then I can't give them any kind of relevant advice to their goal because I don't even know what they're trying to do. So I think it's really important to, to go into it with a goal and think like, what is the message you're trying to spread? Like, what is the impact you're trying to make? Because if you don't have that in mind from the get, you're likely not going to stick with it and you're likely not going to have a, an impact at all. And the people that do follow you aren't going to have that relationship with you. Definitely. Or if you hit up an influencer and you're like, hey, uh, come be on my podcast. It's like, okay, well, why? Come yeah. to my event. It's like, okay, well, why? <laughs> oh, well, I'm on a mission to help young people everywhere realize that they don't have to be in the rat race. That was your pitch. And I was yep. like, okay, well, wow, that's inspiring. Um, so it's the same thing. Like we host these events in Puerto Rico, these massive masterminds. And I've had really amazing world-class people come down to these masterminds and speak. And it's because what I'm doing, there's actually a mission behind it. Yep. Um, so, so many people that they, they've actually gone out of their way to attend these events. Um, you know, John Malat, he was coming from an event in Texas and he literally like took a red eye flight so that he could be there. Um, another uh, influencer he had came from Australia. And again, the same thing. He didn't have to go. He didn't have to come to Puerto Rico to be with my event. He went out of his way to actually make it happen, actually cut through any red tape um, because he believed in the mission. So people really need to figure out why you, you want to start a podcast? Why? You want to start an event? Why? You want to start a personal brand? Why? You want to start a company? Why? A company is big. So many people are starting companies for no reason. It's like, oh, I want to start a company. Why? Because uh, I want to make money. Okay, well, there's, there's a lot of ways to make money. Like you could freaking get a job if you wanted to make money. You could sell cars. I mean, there's so many yeah. ways to make money. 
that I, I think people, they're just doing things for the wrong reason. And again, everything works. Like if you just love cars, if you're a passionate freak, I love freaking exotic cars and you go into a car business, you will be successful. But if you hate cars and you're just selling cars because, oh, I want to make money. No, you're going to, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable, not going to be successful. Um, but on the flip side, my, my friend the other day, he had told me, um, oh, what do I have to do? Oh, I have to do what I love. Right. I always hear that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, like you have to do what matters to you. Mm. Like, I don't love all the things that I do. I don't love uh, freaking cold calling influencers and freaking begging them to come to my events. Not necessarily fun. It, it drains me. You know, I have to yeah. get on the phone with these people and like pitch and like really like I get mentally drained. I'm not actually an extrovert. That's that misconception. People think I'm an extrovert. I'm really not. I'm an introvert, but I have extroverted capabilities. You know, um, but I do get drained when I talk to people. I don't like freaking uh, getting on sales calls. I don't like doing email blasts necessarily. I don't like a lot of the stuff that I do, but I do it because the thing that I'm chasing is important to me. So it's not do what you love. Do what I love. I'd just be in the beach all day in Puerto Rico. I wouldn't be here in New York in the rain. Right. But the reason that I'm here in New York is because I'm spe- I just spoke on Power 105.1 because I want to build a relationship there because I know that attaching to their audience will then uh, further my mission, which is to shed light in Puerto Rico and help turn Puerto Rico into the next Silicon Valley. Mm. So it's not what the steps along the way is not do what I love. It's do something that's important to you. Mm. 100%, 100%. That's a huge distinction to make, especially for our younger listeners. I think that's a ton of, of massive value you just dropped right there. Anthony, I've got some questions that I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. Are you feeling ready for them? Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. The first one is, what are you excited about right now? This could be something in your business, in the wider realm of the world, but like, what is something that genuinely has you excited? Okay, I'll give you like top three. Right. So I'm super excited for Power 105 interview that just dropped. <laughs> um, it's going to be out probably by the time this airs. Um, cool. The full interview will air. And uh, yeah, I'm just super excited about that. And then they asked me to be at the Puerto Rican Day Parade on the Power 105 float. So I'm going to be on the float at a freaking wow. parade. I've never done that before. <laughs> uh, so if you're in New York City uh, and you want to come to the Puerto Rico Day Parade, uh, come through. I'll be on the float and then shoot me a DM. We'll probably have an after party or something after um so i'm super excited about that uh number two i'm excited for our next event um our next event is october 25th 2019 and it is in collaboration with build your empire casey adams and john Malott. uh so it's gonna be a really really super dope event i'm excited for that um i'm excited for uh influencer podcast so i just uh did a partnership uh with nathan and we kind of join forces on Influencer Podcasts. We work with influencers to help them get on podcasts. It's like exactly how, what it sounds like. And, um, yeah, we, we have some amazing clients that we've worked with through both of our networks. Um, and uh, it's like people like uh, Bedros, people like uh, Ed Millett, uh, John Millett, Casey Adams, Carlos Gill. Like, we have a really sick lineup between the people I've worked with and the people that we've worked with. So we recently joined forces on that venture um and i'm excited about that and then disrupt mentors that's the last one i said it was gonna be three it's four disrupt (laughs) mentors is a new uh product that i'm launching uh with naheem naheem spoke at the last disrupt event and he is actually a tony robbins coach 
He's worked directly with Tony Robbins for over five years. Super talented individual. And we're starting a new coaching program called Disrupt Mentors. And high-performance coaching for anyone that wants to, you know, build a personal brand, build their business, really take their shit to the next level. Um, and it's going to be me and him uh, teamed up. So I'm going to be uh, coaching a little bit on the mindset, but also on, you know, business and strategy and marketing. Um, and he's going to be uh, coaching on mindset, high performance, and then also sales. He's really, really good at sales. I'm really, really good at marketing. Um, we're both really big on, like, building brand and, and, and mindset. Um, so I'm really excited for, for that collaboration as well. That's huge, man. Lots of big things in the, in the lineup for you. And I'll be sure to link up that interview and um, the link to your event as well in the uh, show notes for this episode for our listeners to check out if they are interested in either of those things. Um, Anthony, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well? These could be in your business, in your lifestyle, but just things you do on a regular basis to help you level up. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of YouTube. I have YouTube read. Um, mm-hmm. So I've actually been cheating on podcasts a little bit because I've been doing a lot of YouTube bread. But, um, but definitely um, being intentional with the, with the content that I receive. Um, I violently unsubscribe and unfollow things that don't serve me. Mm-hmm. And I want all your listeners to have permission to unfriend, unfollow, and unsubscribe from anything that's not serving the person that you want to become. Um, so, so that's been really huge. And then really just knowing that I'm the author of my life and knowing that my past does not define my future and that I can create whatever the hell that I want to create and external circumstances don't matter. If you can point to one, well, we're 99% the same DNA as every other human being. So if you can point to another human being who's done even one-tenth of what you want to do, uh, then that means that you can do it too. So really realizing that I'm the author of my own life. I'm the deciding factor between success and failure. Um, that failure isn't even a bad thing to embrace failure, to continue to grow. Um, and to just really realize that the only person that uh, I need permission from to do the things that I want to do is myself. Mm, that's huge. Y'all got to go back and like rewind the last 30 seconds and really internalize that because that was real valuable. Y'all, y'all if, if you are not giving yourself permission to audit the information that you take in and to cut out things that are not serving you, you need to make a change. Like that was such a huge change for me when I was like, is this serving me? Nope, it's gone. Like really be intentional with what you put into your brain because like that is going to manifest into everything that you do. So really, really important. Anthony, what kind of content are you consuming right now? I know you said lots of YouTube read, um, any channels in particular, any podcasts in particular? Um, let's see. Uh, podcast, podcast, podcast. Um, big shout out to Build Your Empire. I always listen to all their stuff. Mm. Um, uh, I've been listening to a lot of Russell Brunson. Mm. I really, really have been digging his sales and marketing stuff. Yeah, um, he has a wealth of of content uh, out there. It's it's on YouTube, and then it's also a podcast. Either way that you want to consume it. Um, who else? Uh, shout out to Gerard Adams. Leaders create leaders is super yeah. dope. Um, that's my homie. That's my old business partner. Um, what are some other podcasts? Uh, Dropping Diamonds podcast is dope. Um, uh, Ty Lopez, believe it or not. So I, I'll try to keep this quick. So like Ty Lopez, I didn't know that much about him uh, until a few years ago. I just knew like he's the Ferrari guy, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, I started meeting mutual friends 
And a lot of people that knew him personally, personally, mm-hmm. like were speaking very highly of him. Uh, and then uh, recently I've gotten the chance to meet him a few times. Uh, there was like a private dinner at his house and, and then this other event in Miami. Um, and then I spoke at a mastermind down in Miami. Um, and I got to really meet him and then I started consuming his content. He, his sales content, like he had knows how to like psychology, like mind fuck you into like buying his courses. Um, but, but that's good. I mean, I don't know, but even the other stuff that he talks about, like I've learned a lot of stuff from him, like all the strategic partnerships that I'm setting up now. Um, He's not the only person that influenced me. I have another uh, billionaire friend that I'm, I'm friends with on a more personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, but he broke it down so simply. He's like, dude, I just go into a business partnership and I say, hey, we're 50-50 partners and I'm going to do this and you're going to do that. And boom. And he was like, just set those up. And if you set enough of those up, they'll be lucrative. So I've been setting those up. Um, and like, again, just like really keeping it simple. He dumbs down a lot of really complex stuff. Mm. Um, so th- there is like a lot of value in, uh, in his content. I've been consuming it and I've actually like, um, here's the other thing. I met a bunch of people that took his courses and were actually successful after taking them. I was like, okay, well if I take a course and then I get an outcome then that's not a scam, that's a, that's a product. Yeah. Um, so, so I actually have like a newfound uh, respect for him and, and, and what he's doing. Um, due to meeting people who have actually interacted with them and then uh, changed their lives. So yeah, I've been consuming some of his stuff. Um, Gary V, I got tired of him. Hmm. Just like, I get it. Like, I love him. I love him to death. But I just, I can't keep consuming his content. Um, but yeah, Russell Brunson, if, if there's one thing like, and he's strategic too. He's not oh, mindset. Yeah. He's all about like strategy, strategy, strategy. So if there's one per, and he's kind of nerdy. Yeah. So like, that's why I never watch his stuff. There's like, who's this nerd? Um, but now that I've really been consuming this stuff, there's like one recommendation I would say Russell Brunson. Mm, absolutely. I was just down at the ClickFunnels event a few months ago, heard Russell speak, heard, heard a bunch of his friends speak. And yeah, it's, he's, he's a really smart guy and he's got some really powerful tactics to use to really transform your business um, and take it to that next level. Definitely. All right, Anthony. Uh, one thing I'm always curious about with my guests is what they do that doesn't scale. So for me personally, what I'll do is every single day I'll pull out my phone. I'll shoot like five to 10 video DMs, to just new followers on Instagram. I'll just go to my list of new followers, pick randomly five to 10 people be like, Hey, what's up, Anthony? My name's Apple. Um, thank you so much for the follow. I really appreciate it. Let me know if there's any way that I can bring value to you. Have a wonderful day. Something super simple like that. Um, but it, it really does make an impact on people. And it's not something that I like bring one of my VAs on to like do for me all day and like mass produce. I, I, I want it to be personal and I want people to know that like when they get that message, it's actually for me. So is there anything that comes to mind for you that has that personal like Anthony Delgado touch to it or stuff that you do that, that doesn't mass produce and that you don't really scale? So... I mean, I would. What I'm gonna say is gonna make what you're doing look like it's scalable. <laughs> so I meet people in person. It's this crazy thing. What? And I'll meet people for lunch, and it takes so long. I meet people for lunch and dinner, and it takes so long. And I and I know that it's not scalable. Mm-hmm. I know how how much time it's taking, but I really feel like the relationships that I'm building. It's again, can I pick up the phone and will things happen? Mm. Um. And I learned this from like a lot of older people that they were like, you know, there's no like, Hey, can we do a phone call? It's like, no, let's meet for lunch. Like, no, I want to meet you in person and like see Mm -hmm. you. Um, and so I've really learned to 
focus on in-person interactions with people. And I've realized how valuable it is in a digital world, in a world where it's all DMs, it's all video, it's all audio, it's all consumable. Um, having those conversations that aren't documented, right? Like there's only so much I'm going to say in a text. There's only <laughs> so much that I'm going to say on Instagram on a DM where it can get screenshotted or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, so really um, meeting with people. And again, it's strategic. I'm not hanging out with, you know, with random people in the street, but you know, people like John Malott, people like Paul Getter, people like Cy Lopez, like going out of your way to actually have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with another human being and go and have lunch, go and have coffee. Um, I, I think that was the thing that I do that's unscalable and I will continue to refine how much of that I do um, and, you know, do it strategically, but I don't think I'll ever stop um, meeting for people, meeting with people in person. Mm, absolutely. So Anthony, you've been dropping a ridiculous amount of value on our listeners. I really, I really appreciate it, man. Where can they go if they want to follow up with you, find out more about you, more about Disrupt? Um, where should we send our listeners to uh, follow up with you at? Go to disruptweek.com. That's where our events are. Definitely come, uh, drop your email address. And, uh, and we have a ton of really fun events that are coming up. So definitely go to disruptweek.com. Uh, on Instagram, you can hit me up, anthony.disrupt. Uh, definitely check me out on YouTube and check out our podcast, the Disrupt Podcast, uh, on iTunes and, and Stitcher and Spotify, all the places where you find podcasts. Awesome, awesome. And I'll link all those up in the show notes. Anthony, do you have any last words of wisdom or anything you want to close out the show with here today? Don't be scared to disrupt yourself. So many people, they, they have an identity and they think that identity is them. And like I said earlier on the show, you are a canvas. And at any point, you can repaint the canvas. You can throw some white paint and you can create something new. Just because you used to, uh, you know, just because you used to be a nerd doesn't mean you always have to be a nerd. Just because you used to listen to hip hop doesn't mean you can't listen to rock and roll. Just because you used to listen to rock and roll doesn't mean you can't listen to techno. It's all these different labels and, and things that we put on ourselves. And my superpower has been the ability to reinvent myself based on the goals that I want to accomplish. Don't be scared to, to disrupt yourself. Mm. Words of wisdom, words of wisdom. Anthony, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you choosing to spend it here on Young Smart Money. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. If you want to support the show, you can do so in three different ways. You can subscribe, you can leave me five, and you can share this episode with a friend. To subscribe, all you got to do is click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. To leave me five, all you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of the podcast's page for Young Smart Money and click on the Write a Review button. And to share with a friend, all you got to do is screenshot yourself listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag me, and I'll be sure to repost it in my Instagram story as well. I love giving you guys some attention who are listening to the show. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately, onlinecourseexaminer.com. Check it out.